Well, hello, I'm Dr. Shante Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, and this is your encouraging message for this week. It is my pleasure to be able to bring it to you, but before we jump right into Jeremiah 29, 11, and thinking about the plans that God has for us, let's bow. Most gracious and heavenly Father, God, we do thank you, we bless you, we honor you for all that you have done, all that you will do, how you see before, what we need, and how you provide means for us to get to that end. Thank you, Father, for always loving us and caring about us and knowing that you have a great plan for us. Help us now as we continue to learn and grow and to know more and more about you, that as we continue to lean in, God, we ask that you speak loudly, you speak clearly, you anoint this message to be your words, and we're going to truly listen. It truly is in Jesus' name that we do pray and give you thanks. Amen. Well, today I am in Jeremiah, the 29th chapter and the 11th verse, and I recognize how dark it is in the back here. So let's see if we can uh, lighten that up just a little bit. All right, Jeremiah 29 and 11 um, is a favorite passage of scripture that most of us usually know. We know it by heart. I'm going to read it from the Holman Christian Standard Version, but it does not mean exactly what we think it does. It says, the 11th verse is, for I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration, plans for your welfare, not for disaster, and to give you a future and a hope. Well, many times when we look at passages of scripture, we have to not only look at just that passage, but we have to look at it within context of where it's stored. And within context with the surrounding passages, it gives us better meaning and understanding of what's going on. We don't want to proof text. We don't want to pull it out. We want we don't want to eisegete the text. We want to exegete the text and we want to find out what it really means. Well, ultimately, we know it's talking about plans and God having plans for us. And let me give you a definition of the word plans. It's a detailed proposal for doing or achieving something. It's a systematic process to get to a goal. It's an intention or a decision uh, that what one is going to do, an intention or a decision. It's synonymous with the words blueprint or design or project or scheme, but ultimately the difference is that a plan always implies mental formulation and sometimes graphic representation. Well, let me just tell you recently, I am one of football fan, like football over basketball, but I love the sports and I love uh, it, cheering for them. I know I always say I'm cheering you on for something greater. I'm cheering you on to do what God has called you to do. I want you to meet all the plans and the purposes that God has for your life. I want to see them come to fruition. I'm not trying to hold you back in any way, shape or form, but I am here to empower you to do just that. And I'm going to cheer you on for that. Well, one of the things that I really enjoy cheering for is my teams. Any teams that I am associated with have any um, inclination of being related to or, or have gone to that school, you know, especially college football, I am going to follow. And just yesterday, there was a game 
oh yeah, there is an arch rivalry game between Georgia and Georgia Tech. And I tell you, every time right after Thanksgiving, we're going to go for that game. And we want to make sure that we win. It's our arch rivals, right? And anytime you have an arch rival team that's coming together, you're going to play your hardest. You're going to play it full out. You're not going to play small. You're not going to hold back. You're not going to be conservative, but you're going to give it everything that you have because you want the bragging rights for the rest of the year. Well, in this game in the first quarter. At the end of the first quarter, with inches to go, fourth and inches to go within a 10 yard, within the 10 yards of a touchdown to the field goal, to the end zone. Instead of going for the touchdown, the coach calls a play for the kicker to come in. To me, that's like giving up. To me, that's like you're not even trying. The game has not even gotten to the end. We're at the very beginning. You're going to kill momentum. You're going to kill the morale of the, 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 the team. And that's exactly what he did. And I knew it was going to come back to bite him. But at that first quarter, because there was a timeout, and they were getting ready to switch the ball. Yes, we got the three points for the kick. Could have gotten seven, though. Six for the touchdown, one for the extra point, or even two if you wanted to to go for the um, the two point conversion. But instead, he kicked the field goal, and the question was asked: Well, why did you kick field goal at this time as opposed to trying to go for the touchdown? And his response was: We have to stick to the plan. I don't know about you, but I was furious. Like whatever plan that is, the engineer in me comes out says, "Read." redo that plan, restructure that plan. Something's wrong with that plan because it was not going to work. My daughter was laughing at me, but I was like, I'm serious. Come on, engineer a new plan. Let's go. Well, here's the thing. In Jeremiah 29, 11, many people don't recognize that this particular instance is you have to recognize, just like in the game of football, the game of life, you have to recognize who made the plan. Was it a man-made plan, one that was engineered by human effort, one that was tried because you thought you were going to be able to do something different? Ask Abraham and Sarai going, oh, yeah, well, you know, God says there's a promise that he's giving to us, but we can engineer a new plan. We bring about an Ishmael, even though he was not the promised child, because we try to do it our way. There can be a man-made plan. Or there can be a God-ordained plan. God-ordained plan is one where God says, these are the promises that I'm going to give to you and I'm going to bring them to pass. It's not because of human effort, but it's my grace that is more than sufficient. I am more than able to do for you. But here's the difference in those two. You have to figure out who made the plan. And just as that coach said, you know, we're sticking to the plan and realizing that the plan wasn't working, you need to change that plan because the plan should always be to win. If it is for human effort, then you have to be willing to change the plan. If it is a God-ordained plan, then you need to learn to wait for it. All right, so simply put, in this passage, 29-11, Jeremiah, that we like to quote, it's right in the middle of this hopeless context, but he's giving hope in the hopelessness. 
See, they are in exile. They have been exiled from Babylon and it was self-inflicted disaster because they would not listen. And because they did not listen, they had to go into captivity. And in going into captivity, God had already told Jeremiah, tell them that they're going to be there for 70 years. And when those 70 years are done, that's where 2911 comes in. I know the plans that I have for you. He says, I'm going to back up to the 10th verse, but this is what the Lord says. When 70 years for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your welfare, not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Verse 12, you will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14, I will be found by you. This is the Lord's declaration and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you. This is the Lord's declaration. I will restore you to the place I deported you from. God says, I got you covered. I know the plans. I know the direction. I know the schemes. I know the processes. I know the steps. I know the succession. I know where you need to go. I know what I need to do. I know how I need to position you. I know where I need to take you. Follow my plan. Wait for it if it's God ordained. If it is a man-made plan that got you into the mess, you have to be willing to hear God in order to get out. Let me say that one again. Mess only turns into a message if God is in it. Mess only turns into a message if God is in it. See, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always got. And if it was not successful, whether it be in business, whether it be in relationships, whether it be in your finances or whether it be in life, if it was not successful, continuing to do the same thing over and over again, sticking to the plan is not going to get you something different. It's not going to miraculously, all of a sudden you're going to be successful. All of a sudden you're going to succeed. All of a sudden you're going to get so many more subscribers and followers and you're going to have so many more clients. No, all of a sudden you're not going to have just a lot of increase in finances just because you kept doing the same thing that you were doing when you were broke, busted, and disgusted. No, you got to change the plan. If God says something to you, if God speaks something to you, that's when we need to hear so that we can heed. Here's the good news. God does have a plan for us and it is a plan for our benefit, is a plan for our good. But how can we discern it? I'm going to give it to you quickly. Two things that you're going to need to test. Number one is people. See, in Jeremiah 29, in the whole chapter, he talks about those that were coming, saying one thing, thinking that or saying that they were sent by God, when in actuality, they were not sent by God. And God had to refute that. You, number one, deal with the people. You have to test the people. Know who God is sent. Know who is sent by God. In other words, these are the spiritual mentors. Everybody is not a spiritual mentor. And I know I've done some podcasts, and you can watch them here on YouTube, or you can listen to my podcast, what a spiritual mentor is and what a spiritual mentor is not. But for the sake of this time in teaching that we're having today, Matthew, the 12th chapter and the 13th verse, God says, you know the tree by the fruit that it bears. You've got to know the fruit. You've got to test the fruit. You've got to test the people. 
Because see, some were self-proclaimed and they were not listening to God. And God says, I'm going to send them a curse on them. I'm going to send some desolation. They're going to be scorned and they're going to be disgraced because they were not sent by me. These self-proclaimed ones that raise themselves up, say that they are prophets, say that they are priests, dealing with that. He says, no, those are not my people. I didn't tell them to tell you that. And they have caused you to believe a lie. Mm. He also hates liars. He says, I'm going to kill them or destroy them, if you would. Let me take you to Proverbs, the sixth chapter, the 16th through the 19th verses. These these six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, he's liars. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that are swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among the brethren. He says, I hate all of this. None of this are the plans that God has for you. If it goes toward wrath and envy and jealousy and you're being proud and arrogant, if you were lying and being deceitful and mischief and uh, meddlesome, all in somebody else's business, running to do mischief, running to tell a tale, telling a lie, false witnesses against others, lying on them, sowing discord among the brethren so that we don't get together, that we are not unified. God says, I'm not in that. That's not my plan. Get a new plan. That's not going to work. Know the people, know the fruit. Deal with those that you should kick out and not have them sitting at your table because you are not going to prosper if you have the wrong people that you are listening to. And he deals with that in the first part of the 29th chapter as well as in the last part of the 29th chapter. And the part that we dealt with was right in the middle where God says, this is my plan for you. I know it. But number two, circumstances. Know the people that God uses. Here's what I'm going to say. Sometimes it seems detrimental. Things that happen to us, it doesn't look like it. we want it to. It doesn't seem like it's going good. But sometimes we have to recognize that God is going to use people. He used Nebuchadnezzar in this instance. And he said that the beginning of the 29th chapter in order to to carry out his plans. He used Nebuchadnezzar. So sometimes a detour does lead to a greater destination and there's a reason behind the rerouting. So see, sometimes something seems detrimental. We have to recognize, Paul said, I prayed to get this thorn out of my flesh three times and God wouldn't remove it. God had a purpose because of that pain. There was a reason for that discomfort. And he says, no, I'm not going to move it. So sometimes it might seem detrimental but God is actually using it for your good. So don't assume that an inconvenience is always from the enemy. You have to test the circumstance. But here's what you're going to do. Hear God. Number one, the main point here is you've got to hear God because he will listen and he is also, he can be found. Ultimately, what we have to do is develop a relationship with the Lord such that we know his voice. He says, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger, they will not follow. Ultimately, you have to know that he has your best interest at heart and whatever he's telling you to do and whoever he's sending in your life and whatever detours he might be giving you are all going to work out for your good. There is hope in the midst of a hopeless situation. There is a God that loves you, that is depending upon you to do something. He uniquely created and designed you 
for such a time as this. And he wants you to carry out the plans that he has for you. He says, stand on my promises. I'm going to make sure that whatever I send out is going to come back. My word is not going to return void, but it's going to accomplish everything that I set it out to do. You can only see so far, but I see the entire plan. Test the people, test the circumstances. Listen to what I have to say. Seek after me with your whole heart. Call upon me and I will hear you. Seek after me, search after me, and I can be found. You got plans? Hmm. Is it your plan or is it God's plan? And if it's God's plan, wait for it. It's going to come to pass. But if it's your plan, it's time to change. Let's bow. Most gracious God, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you, Lord, knowing that you have these great and wonderful plans for each and every one of us. Lord, we can't do life without following your principles and your precepts and your plans, knowing that you ultimately have a great end for us. So we come today humbly asking that you lead and you guide us. We ask for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. We ask God that you direct and order our steps. We ask, oh God, that everything that you have called for us to do, God, bring it back to our remembrance and help us to do the next best thing, that one thing that you want us to do next, so that as we continue to take step by step, God, that the intention of our heart is to be pleasing unto you, that the intention of our mind as we think through those things, recognizing just how good you have been in the past, how good you are right here in the present, how good you will be in the future. Lord, plans, those things that we intend to do, those things that we put our mind to in order to achieve something. Father, we need your plans, not ours. Show us a vision of where you're taking us or where you would have for us to go. And we know and we recognize we're not going to get all the twists and turns. But God, we trust you. You said for us to lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways to acknowledge you. And you said you would direct our path. We're asking for our paths to be directed today. Step by step. Order us, oh God. Help us to be successful in every aspect of life. You said for life, don't turn to the left nor to the right, but follow your precepts, meditate on your word day and night. And we're doing that. God, you know us. You've searched us. You've got great plans for us. In our businesses, Father, we ask that it be the best option on this planet, that we are able to serve those that you have called us to serve at the highest level so that they will know that not one, that there is a God, but two, that we are the ones that are serving you and that your kingdom shall reign and is superior to anything. In our finances, Father, help us to follow your principles and your precepts, recognizing, Lord, that, that we've got to work so that we can eat and that we've got to give. And in that giving, God, that you will repay. You said, Lord, that you are not going to be mocked. You said, whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. So help us to reap an abundant harvest after we have planted the right seeds along the way. Help us in our relationships, Father, with those that come around us. Help us to be able to discern those that have our best interest at heart, those that are telling and speaking prophetically your word. 
When they call for healing, help us to grasp hold. When they call for empowerment, help us to grasp onto that. When they call for us to lay down every weight and every sin that so easily besets us, help us to turn over the plate, help us to crucify our flesh, help us to walk in the things that you would have for us to walk in, help us to put down the things that are not serving our best interests, help us to do good, to overcome evil, help us, oh God to forgive and to love like you. So Lord, for every relationship, every business, every finance, every spiritual growth, every personal development, every emotional roller coaster, God, we submit everything to you. And we ask that your plans come to fruition. It's in Jesus' wonderful name that we do pray. Expecting that you've not only heard, but you've already answered. It's in your name. It's in that matchless, marvelous, wonderful name. That we give you thanks. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless each and every one of you. I'm Dr. Shante Haynes with Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, helping you put feet to your faith so that you can walk victoriously. Follow those plans that God has. Jeremiah 29, 11, right in the midst of it, God says, I can speak loudly so that you can hear and succeed. Have an absolutely fantastic rest of your week. God bless. You can find us online at shantahaines.com. That's C-H-O-N-T-A-H-A-Y-N-E-S dot com. We are a division of Heart to Heart Truth Ministries and Heart to Heart Truth Foundation. Donations are welcome at ShantaeHaynes.com backslash foundation. At Heart to Heart Truth Ministries, we're helping believers live an abundant life based on God's word, standing on his promises, walking out his principles, sharing with God's people, serving as unto the Lord.